0: Hello, welcome to episode two of this season of the Anna Asks podcast. Um, Obviously, I am Anna and I'm coming to you from my bed on a Sunday morning. Baby and I have the house to ourselves just for a little while more. So I thought it would be a good time to give you an update on how week two has been for us so far. So before I do that, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where I live and work and mother my two beautiful daughters here on a Awabakal country near Lake Macquarie so week two baby girl is now 16 days old so I am 16 days postpartum and I guess I'll just run through I did make a few notes here um, feeding and sleeping being the obvious ones and then also going along just reflections on how how different i'm feeling second time around compared to first so last week i spoke about our feeding challenges um this week i actually wrote a a blog about the breastfeeding is free narrative because i can tell you after investing a lot of money as well as time and all of those other physical labor and mental load and all those other factors that go with breastfeeding, and indeed any way to feed your baby. First time around, second time around, still presented quite a lot of uh, expensive challenges in that first week. So this week I feel like we have really gotten somewhere I haven't been great at doing the exercises primarily because baby doesn't really enjoy them. <laughs> there are a few that, are, that involve having my finger rubbing her gums inside her mouth and uh, she really kind of screws her face up and tries to sort of push me away. So I haven't been great at doing that but I have been very particular about latching and having a proper feeding position for us which is, means that we are always reclined either on the couch or on the bed, she has her belly completely on mine and we get a really good deep latch having sort of a nose to nipple position and then she has to open her mouth wide, stick her tongue out and yeah, take take the nipple in as much as she can do. So it took until yesterday to be able to latch We probably latched twice on the left yesterday pain-free. Or when I say pain-free, it was the first day that I've been able to latch on that side without kind of wincing and or giving some kind of involuntary noise or swearing. The nipple damage that I had on that left side, uh, there was sort of a like a, I don't know if it was a crack or a wound of some kind on the left, like the outer side. Of that nipple and it's still just ever so slightly visible but it was much deeper than i thought and it's taken much longer to heal as well so yeah that wound came up about day three and it's taken until day 16 with a lot of uh, yeah assistance to try and and heal that so no affiliation here um i did go and get a well i sent someone to go and get the expensive uh silverette nipple shield healer protector things um, they're medical grade silver and you don't use them with any other cream or whatever but you you put a couple of drops of breast milk onto the nipple and then you put the silverettes on top and leave them there and not only does that protect the nipples from your clothes uh, but also gives a really good healing environment in there and when I used to work at the hospital um, there would be wound specialist wound dressings that had medical grade silver in them for really hard to heal wounds so it's not a woo-woo thing it actually does make sense so I got some of those early on uh, I also had the expensive Chiara probiotic for a couple of weeks to get on top of the mastitis that I had in week one and that hasn't recurred so that's great and yeah, right side's going okay too. So that one's been good for much longer, um, and feeding's coming along. She's definitely getting bigger, haven't weighed her, but I can tell that she is getting much stronger with her uh, neck control in particular and her legs, and she is also putting on some extra size around her chin. I think she's got an extra roll around her neck now. So she's definitely, definitely getting bigger. Sleeping, I think she's probably sleeping about the same as what an average baby would sleep. Um, But just compared to having a very low sleep needs first baby, it feels amazing. So I'm probably accumulating with with full-time co-sleeping I'm probably accumulating I reckon about seven hours of sleep a night maybe six six to seven hours of sleep a night and then I sometime through the day I take her back into the bedroom and give her one of her day feeds in the bed when I think she's close to going to sleep and then I try and use those sleepy hormones to have an extra hour then so yeah I'm probably getting about eight hours sleep which uh, is maybe across sort of three or four different blocks maybe even nine hours some days and yeah just chalk and cheese compared to the first the first baby the other thing about this feeding position is that it's quite effortful for her so when she's had enough milk I can tell her Or when she's tired, I can tell that her latch changes to a shallow latch and she sort of clamps down on me a bit and I detach her and then I can help her get to sleep. So she's not just sleeping on the boob all the time like my first baby was doing, which isn't a problem in itself at all. But for me, who is prone to oversupply and I don't want to keep running the risk of mastitis again, it's better for me uh, if she if yeah, if she lets go once she's had enough, I'd rather wake up more frequently and feed her often than have, um, than have her sleep feeding for hours at a time. So yeah, that's where we're at with sleeping and feeding. Um, we have had a few check-in appointments this week. This is the sort of stuff where it's like um, have everything in place before the time comes in case you need it. And then if you don't really need it, It just means that you feel really great. And if you do need it, it means that you actually survive. So I had an appointment with my midwife who came to the house to check on us or going fine there. I also had a check-in appointment with my wonderful counsellor, Katie Parker, who is a social worker and postpartum doula, among other things, and just really gets motherhood. So I had a Zoom call with her. We just did a little debriefing about the birth she was really helping me in the lead up about how to yeah just checking I really had plans in place about supporting my older child and I'll talk about that in a second because I did have some questions about that but yeah I had that appointment with Katie and that was great at the moment there's no flags on my red flags about my mental health at this point which is wonderful and I think that really feeds back into the getting support with feeding and actually getting sleep. We also had a trip to the GP this week so that was one of our first outings. Baby girl had a little mark on her skin from birth that we wanted to get checked out and that seems to be all fine. But yeah I have been out a few times this week I only went out twice in the first six weeks during my first postpartum, partly because I really was kind of cocooning myself in that first 40 days style and partly because I physically and mentally wasn't up to it and also my baby wasn't coping either in the car or without me. So (laughs) the first time that I left home without my older daughter, I had a message asking me to come back and when I arrived home, She was hysterically crying to the point of kind of rasping and losing her voice. And my husband was carrying her around the house wearing uh, earmuffs that he would usually use to like do building work or mow the lawn. So I didn't go very far, as you can imagine, with the first baby. Um, This time I've actually left her twice for about an hour at a time. Uh, I needed to go and collect something at the post office that had to be, it had to be me with showing ID. So I, had to, I went and did that. And a second time, I just had another little job to do and chose to do it myself rather than send someone else to do it for me. And that felt really good to be able to do those things. I left about 50 or 60 mils of expressed breast milk each time i'm not doing any extra expressing again because of being prone to oversupply but i've just been using the milk catcher um, mama seal cups on the on the non-feeding side when i have been feeding baby girl and yeah i you probably i don't know i have a pretty strong letdown i probably get maybe maybe only 10 mils per feed on the opposite side, but that adds up quite a bit over the day, maybe five to 10 mils. So it was just sort of 24 hours worth of let down milk that I left in a bottle. Um, We use a super slow flow teat and paste bottle feeding if he does give her a bottle so that, so that she still has to work for it basically and doesn't go like, oh, this is great. Why would I want to feed at the breast when I could have this uh nice and easy milk just drip fed to me so yeah i think that's usually not recommended until about six weeks when your supply is in order um i don't have that issue and i think partly because of just the way my body functions but also because i really didn't have much gap between feeding my big girl i was already pregnant when we stopped feeding And my body seems to have just remembered what to do this time, which is really great. So, yeah, I actually felt all right about going out and about. Um, Obviously, nobody can now see. (laughs) No, I wrote about this in my book that I felt like I needed a big flashing light over my head that said, a whole baby just grew from the nutrients in my blood. Please go easy on me. And yeah it sort of felt the same again just it was nice to be anonymous but also I feel like people are more patient with you when you're heavily pregnant and my brain still wasn't quite firing Um, you know even things like finding my credit card to pay or choosing really long gaps at roundabouts to drive you know so it was different I haven't driven with Um, the baby in the car yet I did go oh the other job that's what the other job was I just wanted to go and pick my my big girl up from kindy and be there just for her just me doing something that's normal but a really special thing for her for me to come and, and get her and read a book before we left and collect all her things and say hello to her friends and teachers and that felt like a special a special thing to do. It was also important to me because there'd been a couple of things that I felt like I'd missed in that first couple of weeks so her dad took her to this beautiful cinema cinema in the park kind of event there were food stalls and free rides and face painting and she wore her dress with butterfly wings and she just was having the most wonderful time dancing to the band and he kept sending me videos of it and I was just about crying watching them, like wishing that I could be there too, but I just physically wasn't up to it then. I didn't feel like I could go to that sort of a place until I could feed uh, without immense pain in public. And I also wasn't confident that I'd be able to hold on if I had to queue for a public toilet. So I feel like I could probably do that now a week later, but I couldn't at the time and I found that really really upsetting and I am actually getting a little bit teary thinking about it. So I definitely had fear of missing out. They also, the two of them, stayed with some friends last night, about an hour away. And that was just another thing that I wasn't quite up for doing yet. Um, We might do some more social stuff this week, but I just wasn't up for packing for an overnight I thought about it and then the night before we were due to go or they were due to go we had one of those um, baby poo explosions (laughs) through the bed where we needed full change of sheets both of us full change of clothes and I just thought I can't I can't pack for this I can't have you know if she's awake and upset through the night I can't feel comfortable interrupting two families worth of sleep um, in a far less soundproof environment than our house. So just had to let that one slide and know that we'll, we'll get back around to it somehow, But I sometime. But yes, I have definitely had some FOMO um, in the last couple of weeks, which probably says how good I am actually feeling. Because if I felt rubbish and in a lot of pain, and stitches were still healing and all that sort of stuff like they were first time around, then there's no way that I would be upset about missing out. It would just be like, everybody leave me alone. (laughs) I just need to get better. So I think that's mostly what I wanted to say. There have been a few things come up that have shown me perhaps I really loved the fourth trimester and newborn period first time around as hard and challenging and identity splitting and tiring and all of those things that it was I actually really really enjoyed it and I've spoken about that at length like on the Tales from the Fourth Trimester podcast and other places and yeah I loved it but I'm also realizing that I actually perhaps wasn't coping as well as I thought I as I thought I was and I'm finding that quite interesting because I've done I thought I'd done a lot of processing about it I've talked about it so much it's become my work helping other people with their fourth trimester planning and um, I've written the book I've done a lot of work on it rather than trying to brush it under the under the rug or under the carpet but there's still stuff coming up that's surprising me. So um, my first child did not cope in the car at all. Six minutes was the furthest I could drive without stopping and getting her out of the car um, because she wasn't coping and therefore I wasn't coping and we were both crying and it was horrible. And this time we were driving so My husband baby and I were driving back from somewhere and we needed some more nappies and I said "Uh, if if she's if she hasn't fallen asleep by the time we get to Coles can you stop and we'll get some today but he either didn't hear me or just misinterpreted a bit so baby was still awake and he pulled into the car park and she was fussing just a little bit and he said oh sorry, do you want me to run in and get some anyway? And I said, no, I can't handle it. If she starts crying in the car right now, we just need to get home. And she did cry, but it wasn't it wasn't a big hysterical cry. It was a whingy cry every minute or two, not, maybe every 30 seconds to a minute, but it was something that I could manage. And it didn't escalate to the point of, losing her voice or hyperventilating or any of those things but i was tense the whole way until we got home which was only about eight minutes but it showed me that yeah i actually actually did still have some um side note here that the fact we're buying nappies at all really irritates me because we have a full set of cloth nappies that are just her sensitive little skin just isn't coping she goes in them for a couple of days even when we change her regularly her skin starts to peel and then we have to go back to the disposables again so the like four crates of nappies that i have bought pre-loved or inherited may or may not getting used at all with this child so that is that's disappointing but we'll see how that plays out some wounds around that from the first time the other thing that shocked me a bit this week was just how much I enjoyed giving baby her first bath. That was something that I had some intrusive thoughts or harm thoughts about first time around. I would see, I've written about this in the book too, in the chapter on fear. I've written, sorry, I had visions of dropping her under the water or even calmly holding her under the water and watching her drown. Knowing that I wouldn't do any of those things, and while those sorts of sorts of thoughts can be associated with, like, postpartum mental ill health or even psychosis, short flashes like that can be uh, are really commonly experienced by about half of half of mothers and birth parents. So. I didn't have I didn't have a mental health major diagnosis in with my first baby certainly didn't have PTSD or didn't have OCD or those sorts of things but the harm thoughts were restrictive to a degree of either what I could do or my enjoyment and the bathing was the specific was the specific one that got me There's only a couple of others that have, um, you know, it's things like if you're walking down the stairs and you get a vision that you drop the baby down the stairs, so you just hold them tighter. It's like a warning system. Or I would have one where I was sort of standing on our veranda and I had her bottom sitting on the railing and I was holding her and I had a vision that I dropped her over the side. So it was just like it's the warning system saying, pick up the baby just stand back from the edge and yeah it wasn't running my life but i i do want to say that if you feel that it is then certainly seek help from a mental health professional or the panda perinatal mental health helpline is free as well yeah okay what was i saying though i was saying though that i actually enjoyed giving this baby a bath and i don't know why it's like it it is a surprise that i felt such enjoyment from it because i have helped other people in terms of my doula clients bathe their babies since i had my first and felt really confident and confident in doing that but to actually experience enjoyment with this baby wasn't something that i was expecting and i'm actually wondering if subconsciously that's why we put it off for a while it took until she was two weeks old to give her her first bath also her skin has been really dry so it's been better just to sort of do a top and tail kind of wash and with a face cloth and get the lint out of her fingers and toes and put moisturizer on rather than keep putting her in the bath and drying her out even more so, yeah, I think I rambled enough about that. A question that I received a few times is was about how my big girl is going. So, one of the questions was about sleeping arrangements. Is she in the bed with me? So, no, she's not. The big one. Little one's in with me, and big one is in another room in a double bed with Dad. Um, Dad is learning just how wriggly she is and how your sleep quality isn't great when you sleep in the same bed with a preschool age child so uh, I'm trying you know, trying not to find that too entertaining but it is a little bit like uh, yeah, I told you so so our, our family bed arrangement um, for a long time has been like before this baby came a big girl would sleep on a floor bed in, in our room And then she would get into bed with me and our bed situation is that we have a double bed and a king single bed pushed together. So it makes it like an extra wide king bed basically. Um, But she was in bed with me under my covers and on my sleep surface and therefore any wriggling or whatever is something that I experience and he doesn't really. So now he's in the double bed with her and is finding out all about it and Um, Yeah, slightly entertaining for me, but also slightly tiring for him. Um, I think in time I would be comfortable with having them both in the bed with me if they were on different sides of me. It's not recommended within the Safe Safe Sleep 7 co-sleeping guidelines, um, but that's something that I would gauge according to my comfort levels and our family's sleep requirements at the time. But yeah, at this point, um, I need to be I need to be in that reclined, more upright position to feed. I need to have a low light lamp on at multiple points in the night. She needs to have a cry while I put a new nappy on all of that sort of stuff. so better for the big girl to just be in a different space and not interrupted by the baby. How she is coping generally is pretty good. Um, we've been lavishing attention onto her which helps a few people have dropped I'd been collecting things for activity packs but some other people have dropped in new fun things as well which has been great uh, some friends have come over without their kids and just played energetically with her which is wonderful me being more physically able than I expected also helps so I can't jump on the trampoline with her but I can come and stand outside and we play silly games like Um, I move my hands around on the safety net and make a buzzing noise and pretend to be a fly and she has a little fly swat or her hands and tries to hit them and kill the flies. So trying to do different things where she's in charge. Oh, Bubba. Oh, that's a sad face. having a dream maybe. Um, Yeah, I can't do running with her but I can play some silly walk games or... I can pretend to time her while she scoots on the driveway or something like that. Well, she's really into drawing at the moment so that is something that I can do colouring in with her regardless of if I have the baby or not. Um, I had my first go <laughs> two lots this week of one hour with both the girls together at home and that was quite interesting. So the first time I... Oh, both times somehow managed to be that I needed to feed on the bad side while I was the only one at home. Uh, The first time, Big Girl used that time to try and climb on every piece of furniture in the house and see which things she would get stuck on. And the second time, she was eating two-minute noodles and decided that she would find the longest noodles and then sort of use them like a lasso and see which surfaces of the house they would stick to the best. So the window, the couch, the leg of the table, kitchen chairs, the dishwasher, all of these sorts of things. And um, I pretty much, I, there was no reasoning with her. I attempted and then when she wouldn't, I just thought, you know what, this isn't a safety hazard. I'm gonna let this go and she'll eventually get bored. And she did because she was hungry and she actually wanted to eat them instead of throw them at things. So that was good. Uh, but yeah, in short, it was hectic. Somehow things keep happening where I end up with both of them in the bathroom with me while I'm showering when there's other adults around. I don't understand how that happens, but it's happened a few times and I'd like for that to stop. Um, she's also having some... Obviously she's having some big feelings. I think she'd probably have them anyway because she's three and a half, but you don't know these things. So there was something, oh, we were doing some drawing. She asked me to draw a musical instrument next to the person that she'd drawn. I drew a guitar, um, full meltdown, laying prone on the floor, wailing, tears, hands and feet slapping against the floor, a long time to um, sit down next to her and regulate until she was happy to have a cuddle and tell me what was actually wrong and what was actually wrong was that she didn't want a musical instrument she wanted me to draw a speaker so I I didn't understand and therefore that was that was all my fault so sometimes you just they just need something to push them over the edge to have a big cry and most of the time, I've been able to sit there and be with that. And my partner's also on the same page, so he can, he can do that as well, hold space for her if she allows him. But she often only wants me for that situation, so that's, that's all right. That's just how it is. There are also some other things that kind of indicate that she's maybe not Not completely feeling secure in her place in the family as well so um, an example would be one day this week she wanted to have a sleepover at her grandparents house and that was all fine all organized and then it got to bedtime and she just decided that she needed her mum so they lived close enough that they were able just to bring her home but yeah just some little things like that. Uh, the only other time that I really thought, oh no, what have I done? Is that, uh, I told you before, how I have that kind of extra letdown milk that gets caught and put in a little container in the fridge. Um, I, she asked if she could drink that out of the container and I said, yes, that was fine. And i thought she'd be like oh it's a bit plain this is boring she was like oh this is really nice and i was like no (laughs) please do not ask to hop back on the breast but she hasn't she's just been saying things like that the nipple is for baby's milk and stuff like that so you know if she wants to have some of the the breast milk that's fine um i don't know if she's sick i could probably hide it in her in her food or in her other milk that she likes to drink or whatever so it might actually work in our favor eventually but i was worried for a second there i've also started doing some really gentle kind of exercises so just sort of 20 or 30 things like hip lifts or being on all fours and lifting an arm or leg or both a few kind of cat cow yoga stretchy sort of exercises a few squats just Enough that makes me feel like it is helping without actually being too much physical effort. So anything that we're doing at this point needs to be about things that make us feel better and rejuvenate us rather than a workout that makes us feel tired and like our body's got to really work hard to recover from it. So just, yeah, just really gentle things when I'm laying on the ground with my baby, basically think I might start doing a few short walks on the flat perhaps with the pram this week so you know when I say short I literally mean like 10 15 20 minutes not going for miles so yeah we'll just just see how I feel and run with that and finally just to say a huge thank you to those who have been part of our meal train it's made such a difference just getting started without having to do too much cooking or clean up. I did actually cook a couple of meals this week because I wanted to um, and I can definitely confirm that the food you make yourself does not taste as good as the food made with love and delivered by other people. So thank you very much. If you want to see what a meal chain is like or contribute you can have a look at the show notes and um, I'll pop the link in there for you. Now I think that is I think that's pretty thorough. Oh, I always talk so much longer than I expect to. Um, if you are listening to this in the month of November, know that you can get a copy of my book, *Mama, You're Not Broken: Unmasking the Unspoken Emotions of Modern Motherhood*, through my website for 10% off. So that will make it $22.50 Australian to send anywhere in the world using the code Black Friday, just during the month of November. And I'll put that into the show notes, anything else I think of that would be relevant, I'll put into the show notes as well. And I'll get back to you with week three. Talk soon. Bye.